Down towards the half-forward line. Harms tries to pick it up. Buckley gets it out to Harms now. He's pursued by Brewer, but he can't catch him. Harms fires at the goals, but he's off target. It's rolling towards the boundary line, and Harms almost makes ground. He taps it back to Shell, and it's a goal! You can always tell him you played one game. Well, he's a man who played a lot more than one game, but we're going to talk to him about that first game and about what happened after that. Uh, he uh, had a terrific career, three premierships, uh, a Norm Smith medal, the very first Norm Smith medal, and his name, of course, is Wayne Harms, and he joins me now. Hello, Harmsy. How are you, mate? Kevin, I'm well, mate, and had a long time no speak. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's good to catch up with you. I know you're, you're busy on the road and, uh, and working really hard these days. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, but uh, we want to look back on, on your footy career, and, and, and we want to start with the, kind of the build-up, I guess, the boy who came out of Oak Park with a pretty big reputation uh, and landed at Carlton. Yeah, look, it was it was an interesting one. It actually was Pascoe Vale. I was born and bred in Pascoe Vale. Um, and we weren't quite sure in those days where the actual boarding or the area was for, for, for Carlton. I actually lived in a, a group of houses, of six houses, uh, between um, Northumberland Road and a street called Perkin Avenue. And actually one side of Northumberland Road was Essendon. The other side of Perkin Avenue was North Melbourne. And uh, the six houses that I lived in were residentially zoned to Carlton. Oh, good grief. So, um, yeah, it was interesting because I I kept the North Little League for a couple of years because of playing with Oak Park. And um, I was asked to go to Western as a 14-year-old to, with the under-19s. I think it was Kevin Fletcher found out that I was residentially zoned to Carlton and and he informed Carlton that I, um, I guess I belonged to them. <laughs> which I wasn't keen on because I was a mad Richmond supporter and hated Carlton to death. <laughs> ah, that's hysterical. Uh, do, do, I mean, we, we hear wonderful stories about being courted by clubs back in those days. Did they offer you, like, you know, a life supply of Big M and Chico Rolls or something? Uh, absolutely. Roy Orbison, mate, the big O. It was... Um, <laughs> look, I, I, went down there, I went down there as a 14-year-old and I thought, well, OK, I'll train. Um, I got a game with the under-19s and... I think one of the best in the Paris, I think in my second year as a 15-year-old. And, um, you know, they, they waved a form four in front of me and I thought, well, OK, it's just a bit of paper. We'll sign that and found myself, yeah, legally banned to, to Carlton at the time. And um, I guess the rest is uh, the rest is history. Yeah, and at, at 17 years and 171 days, you make your debut. Uh, it was round 18, 1977. It was against Melbourne at the uh, at Waverley Park. It would have been a lovely day at the end of July, I would imagine. Um, what was what was the lead up to the first game? How did how did that sort of uh, come about? Well, uh, it's funny, you know. Before you rang me, Kevin, I, I got someone at work just to to double check when was my first game. I knew it was in late '77, and I was quite adamant. But I told them it was against Richmond, and I played on Kevin Bartlett. <laughs> and um, they they came back to me with exactly the same information it was Melbourne, but I do recall quite vividly that um, I, I got the nod and I was informed by the club that I just played a first senior game, and I rang Dad and, and said, "Listen, fellow, I got my first senior game, but I don't know what to do because they've got me picked in a back pocket." <laughs> um, I guess it's probably like most guys that come to a footy club; they're predominantly midfielders on ballers, um, and here I am. I'm named in the back pocket, but I'm pretty sure I started that day on a... Uh, no, sorry, that was the day game, the night game in the back pocket, which uh, threw me out a bit because I really didn't know 
how to play it, and I, I didn't know what to do apart from mind a guy and stop them from kicking goals. Now, for a bloke that, you know, had a terrific junior career and obviously came as a very well-touted uh, junior, and, I mean, you, you, as you said, you won a BNF at, uh, at a young age and uh, I think finished third in the Morris Medal. How did you finish up with number 54 for your first game? I think that was the last number they had. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, at the start of the 78 season, um, I was off at number 37, and the guy who wore 37 prior to me was off at... Um, by Sid Jackson if he'd wear the number five and uh, he opted to take number five and the guy that passed 37 on to me was a teammate who I played probably 150 games with and uh, he was then traded to St Kilda and finished up coaching St Kilda so can you guess he wore 37 before I did? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, who was it? Uh, Ken Shelton. Oh, of course. Oh, geez, there you go. The synergy between you two just uh, started uh, right back then. Yeah, well, I guess right, yeah, if you're going to finish up asking the question a little later, what happened in the, in the 79, but yeah, that was, um, you know, Kenny, yeah, I think only played a few games in uh, in the number 37, then Sid, uh, yeah, asked him if he'd, uh, he'd like to take on the, you know, the number five that he wore so uh uh, so well, and uh, yeah, Kenny opted for that, and I uh, I actually went down the down the numbers a little bit, but unfortunately, it um, it allowed me to have the locker next to um, uh, Mark McClure, which was was certainly um, a job in itself, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, Sellers does have a very colourful uh, a colourful lifestyle, and has been obviously a very a great raconteur of the of the game. Oh, certainly, and I know that uh, he never used to wash his clothes every day or every second day or third day, but, uh, yeah, usually you'd know uh, Mark was 36 because his locker just absolutely stuck. <laughs> hey, going back to that, that first game, you mentioned you rang your dad and told your dad, uh, uh, and obviously that was, you know, that, that's a really important thing for you to do. What what uh, what were your sort of mates saying about you making your, your league debut? Oh, look, uh, not many of them knew because... Um, I guess I, I pretty much kept it myself. I was in shock for a while that uh, that I was playing, and um, I was more concerned about how to play that back pocket position because, you know, I, I predominantly played all my career as a, a midfielder or on a wing or or down forward, but never having to mind someone and be responsible. It was just, um, you know, go out and enjoy it. But I think, you know, the words of wisdom from Dad was, you know, just just play tight, run hard, run straight, and. <clears throat> kick the ball long and, and I guess, you know, that was the the way that I played most of my footy out of the back pocket by hopefully, you know, getting enough ground down, well, enough meterage down the ground that it probably took them, uh, you know, at least two, two and a half kicks to get the ball back down towards the, uh, the back line again. Yeah, you're always prodigious kick, beautiful kick of the footy. Hey, that day Carlton won fairly easily by 67 points, 17, 11, 113 to Melbourne, 7, 4, 46. Crowded just on uh, 18, nearly 19,000 people at, uh, at Waverley, which would have been just, you know, they would have been huddled together, would have looked like about four people. Um, and your contribution, your statistical contribution, I don't know whether you checked this, but you had one kick. Oh, was that it? Yeah, that was it. Wow. Um, yeah, okay, thanks. Which is which is better than Boomer Harvey had. <laughs> it's better than Boomer Harvey had on his first game, which we discovered uh, doing this podcast uh, and this radio segment. Is that Boomer Harvey's first game? Uh, his statistical uh, uh, contribution to the uh, his debut game was one handball. 
Oh, well, I, yeah. Oh, you saw I didn't even have a handball on no. top of that kick. Was it just one kick? No, just the one kick from what the statistical uh, breakdown uh, in the AFL tables tells us. Uh, so I checked it a couple of times. Oh. I thought that can't be right, but you went on to have, you know, 45,000 after that. Oh, okay. Well, that uh, wasn't a real good start, was it? Maybe <laughs> the, the statistician may have had a, had a coronary halfway through. <laughs> and, uh, oh, well, anyhow, that's... Uh, I thought it was actually more than that, Kevin, but you've got me there. Well, maybe it was because you might have run out of uh, spaces on the uh, on the statistical sheet to fit in the number 54 to be able to find uh, some stats for you. <laughs> might have been the problem. Oh, uh, look, I, I, uh, yeah, it's, my memory's not real flash. I, I, I thought I actually started. I may not have even started on the ground, but um, that's already making excuses, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, not, not all that flash one kick, is it? Well, you went on and played every go, I think, uh, all bar one game the following year and then, of course, uh, settled into that Carlton lineup in, in uh, one of the most successful eras of the of the club's history. The 79, 81, 82 premierships, as we mentioned, the 1979 Norm Smith medal, the, the first one to get a hold of that. Uh, let, let's go from uh, from 1977 to 1979. That's a, that's a, that's a massive uh, difference, isn't it, between uh, how you started and, and what you finished up doing in the, in the last day of September in 1979. Oh look! It, to be honest, Kevin, it wasn't all that much better. To be, you know, my, my stats that day weren't high, and I've, I've been on record as saying this numerous times that I thought my contribution in the '79 Grand Final, <laughs> firstly, didn't warrant the North Smith Medal, um, and I believe that that incident, which I still get asked about every day, and have done for the last 40 years, <laughs> was certainly a significant reason why. They, they gave me the award, but certainly I wouldn't have placed myself in the top 10, 12, 15 players on the ground that day. And, and look, as I've said, I've, I've got the award. I've, I, you know, it's, it's, I've now got it at home after being 15 years at the MCG Museum, but um, at times feel embarrassed to have it because I knew that I wasn't um, a worthy winner that day of the North Smith Medal. Well, you don't get to choose who wins the medal. You uh, you just get it to, uh, to put around your neck. So I don't, I don't think you should ever feel uh, that about it. And, I mean, you're obviously an incredible part of that uh, at very successful era for, for Carlton, which you must have thought at the time was just going to go on forever and ever. Yeah, we did. Look, and um, when, when you finish playing the game, Kevin, and you, you reflect back on the career that, that you've been uh, lucky enough to have, and I thought that, you know, 1980 was certainly a waste of a season for the football club. <clears throat> we had a very, very low turnover of players that represented 79. And, you know, we may have had one or two personnel change. And there was no reason why we couldn't win four in a row. There were a few things that probably went askew that season. I probably won't go into them um, on a public forum. But, you know, something that still, I guess, hurt me personally that, you know, probably could have cost Carlton, you know, the opportunity to, to be, I think, rightfully up there with the, the Melbournes and the Collingwoods that had the ability to win four in a row. Um, yeah, we got knocked out in the 1980 season, and I still believe we were the best side in the competition. But, you know, things were a little bit interrupted, you could say, during that season, which probably cost us that opportunity. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it almost appears from the outside looking in that uh, there's almost a, a shoot-yourself-in-the-foot mentality about the about the club at times. Oh, yeah, look, there, there was. Um, 
I, I think there may have been a few players possibly got a, a little bit ahead of themselves, um, and not so much all you know, all all, all players. Uh, some others may have got ahead of themselves, and and look, as I said, I won't go into that publicly, but I'll leave everybody hanging. Yeah. Um, by saying that you know, uh, Carlton should have been one of those sides. We weren't, but probably could have quite easily have been one of those sides at one point in a row. And uh, you know, in, in reflection of that, it's it's pretty disappointing. To, but you know, more than happy to say that I was involved in three out of those four years. It was uh, it was a you know phenomenal. Um, Phenomenal result, you know, from a football club point of view. You you never forget the the first uh, that first magical premiership. But is out of those three that you won, is there were is is any one more special than the other for any particular reason, or are they all kind of uh, equal billing for you, a bit like your children? Oh look, you know it's it's a good question, I, and I've got to say I reckon eighty two was probably um, the one that gave me more enjoyment due to the fact that we went in as underdogs. Um, you know, the Richmond side that year were, were just a phenomenal football side. And, and I think we got smacked by them in one of the preliminary finals <coughs> by 30 or 40-odd points out of Waverley. And, and there was just a an air of uncertainty prior to the game, but also there was that an air of confidence as well. Um, I remember the group stopped before they went out on the ground uh, prior to the game. And... Um, committed to go for the first five to seven minutes and just give everything they could and let's see what the outcome was. And for those that want to sit back and watch the start of the 82 grand final, apart from the pushing, the shoving, the fighting, um, the melees that went on, our first five minutes we kicked, I think it was three goals, in, oh, sorry, five to seven minutes, we kicked three unanswered goals. The thing was, Kevin, we knew that we could match Richmond. We weren't quite sure whether we could beat them. Yeah. But we, in those first seven minutes, we kicked three goals and the end result was, I think it was 18 points. So we, we were seen to be matching them after that that 18 minutes of football, but that three goals was enough to, to set us on our way and, and win what we thought was really an unwinnable grand final. Yeah. yeah um, it was it was pretty pleasing against a side that were yeah pretty red hot and came into the grand final with really good form. Do you um do you ever tire of talking about the seventy nine grand final at that moment? Yeah, I do. Yeah, my word. I um I said to someone just recently because we've got the forty years of uh, celebration this year of it, and um, I said to someone the other day, I wish that it really never happened because you know you can only ask the question so many times, you can only give so many answers that you know what you think is right or. You play up with people, you know, if they're calling when it was out, if it's talent, it doesn't matter. Or, But, you know, it, it's something that becomes very tiresome. Um, I'm just about over it, to be honest. Yeah. And um, it wasn't my call. It was the Golden Empire's call, and it was, it's being found to be the right call from all of the testing that they've done. And um, but at the end of the day, Kevin, I'll take them to my grave with me and, you know, whatever the answer is, I don't know because I had my eyes shut. But, um, yeah, it does become a little tiresome. I'm, I am a little bit over it. But, you know, I guess it's, um, you know, it's, it's going to be asked on a daily basis from the, from now to the day I 
by the park. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a bit of uh, football folklore, really, isn't it? I mean, it's one of those things. Uh, and uh, obviously, uh, the the television ad that uh, that you did with uh, with Stephen Curry and with Dave Lawson kind of uh, encapsulates it in in I guess in in. For everyone, no matter what generation you uh, you are, whether you were there at the time or you've came thirty or forty years later, uh, you know something about that moment in uh, in footy history. Yeah, look, it's, I think it's always going to be spoken about. It's, um, you know, my kids are over it. Uh, <laughs> my grandkids are looking at me now. They're only three and a half, and they're you know they kind of say, "Look," but it's you know it's it's funny when when young kids they write you letters and they want you to sign autographs and. You know, they say I'm such and such, and I'm seven years old. I'll never forget that day back in 1979. And and you think, okay, uh, yeah, you know, Dad's probably showing him a lot of replays and yeah. things like that. But you know, I guess Barry Green's in the same boat, and you're going to have, um, you know, a lot of guys that had their moment in the uh, in, in the spotlight. I guess that are going to be spoken about for year upon year upon year, and um, that's just one of those. And you know, as people ask the question, what was going through my mind at the time? I, well, what was going through my mind is when I picked the ball up, it was just going to be an easy kick across to Ken Sheldon, who was running down the centre. And it was going to be a right foot kick over left shoulder to Ken, <coughs> all going well, 15 metres in front. Kenny was going to pick it up as he does, runs into an open goal, and and uh, then the ball goes back to the centre. But as we know, the kick was ordinary. And um, But the funny thing is, Kevin, that it... That, the incident was only around about the 18-minute mark or 16 to 18-minute mark of the last quarter. So there was still probably, you know, 12 to 13 minutes to go. So it really, I don't believe, was the difference between the result that day. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, it was only halfway through the last quarter. Uh, even when I watched the replay just recently... Um, I was moved into the centre after Alex had done his ankle, Alex Jezelenko, and it was interesting, the last bounce after Alan Edwards kicked the goal off a, um, a mark that Peter McConville dropped, I actually roved to Peter Moore, and Peter Moore whacked the ball right down my throat, and I kicked deliberately out of bounds, and basically that's where the game finished, and uh, I actually thought that clearance in the last Ball up of the day was more important than the, the knockout at the 18 minute mark of the last quarter. So, you know, everybody's got different thoughts on what happened, but um, I thought probably that clearance in the last last bounce was more important than the uh, the knocking of it. Yeah, uh, it's amazing, isn't it? That is uh, that is amazing. How's the uh, how's the body uh, after 169 games at the uh, at the uh, at the cold face? Oh, look, it's it's okay. Um, I've had a few ups and downs. I had a five-way bypass a couple of years ago, and yep. uh, I'm suffering a little bit with the gout. But apart from that, the, the joints are okay, the ankles and the knees, and um, you know, probably carrying a little bit more weight than I what I should be. But um, no, look, all's good. Um, 169 games is not all that many for the time I was around. I I missed a lot through injury and uh, being dropped, and you know, I was probably around for about 250 odd games, but. Uh, yeah, really, only completed 169 day games. And how was the uh, how was the 40 year reunion of the of the 79 flag? Uh, unable to attend that, Kevin. So they had two. Um, I was unable to attend the first one, which was uh, a function of the Carlton Collingwood game. 
Um, and uh, yeah, through some other uh, family commitments, I was unable to attend the the um, the luncheon for the Spirit of Carlton. So uh, I'll get to catch up with the boys somewhere along the line. But um, <clears throat> unfortunately, the timing wasn't too flat on the uh, on the overall get together for the uh, for the seventy nine. Oh, well, you got eighteen months to get ready for the nineteen eighty one reunion. Yeah, eighty one and then eighty two, and then we can have a spell for a while, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how many are going to be around for the next ten years after that. So, you know, time goes pretty quick, mate. I was um, I was only nineteen in the seventy nine grand final, and yeah. uh, my next birthday is uh, in February, which I'll be sixty. So, you know, in those uh, seventy nine, I know Alex would now be probably. Uh, Alex Jezelinko would now be probably mid-70s. Yep. So uh, we're all getting on a little bit. And, um, you know, we probably need to catch up with each other a little bit more often than what we're currently doing. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Harms, you always good to catch up with you, mate. Take uh, take care and uh, uh, fond memories of uh, not only your first game, but uh, obviously three great premierships with the Carlton Footy Club and a, and a terrific uh, career. Thanks very much for your time, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah. Not a problem, Kevin. I'm actually going to go back and check the stats on that first game. Right. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> good on your way. Good on you, Phil. Good to catch you. Good too. To catch up. If the house is rocking, nobody.